hey, listen, I got some feedback from Jason, and he told me not Ooh. to put it on the show, so I'm going to let you know what it is right now. Okay, probably. How do, how do you pronounce that news organ, international news organization starts with an R, R, Roy, 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 Roy. Reuters, and you said Reuters last week. Yeah, and you, I appreciate you not bringing it up during the show, but uh, uh, but Jason brought it up, and I um, I got it mixed up with, you know, the, the, the fan group called Reuters. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so just to let you know, Jason said, do not mention it on the show. He cannot stand all this when we give him a shout out. So I'm doing it beforehand. It's been done. Okay. I think we okay. can do the show. Okay. Well, let's have the intro and then we'll do it. Hey, you're here. My gosh. Yep. Amazing. Made it. Yeah. We all made it. We're here because we're here. It's the bro show. My name's Jerry. My name's John. We got four things we're going to talk about. It's not a deep, dark secret. If you've been watching the show, you know what it is. If you haven't been, then you're going to be surprised. Everybody loves a surprise, I'd say. Your thoughts, John? Yep. Well, I I do believe that. I, I use my fingers. I count and we come up with four, and that's all I need to know. We got four segments. I can do it. I'm capable, and I'm ready to rock. Okay, now, for those of you who have fallen into this little pit we call the bro show and you don't know how you got here if you want to keep getting here (laughs) all you need to do is type bro.show into the url field of your browser and you will get notified every saturday once we drop the show once it's published and uh you'll be all set you don't have to worry about a thing and john what's our policy on on emails to uh subscribers well, I'll tell you what, we don't browbeat you with a bunch of uh, constant, you know, ty- Chinese water torture here once a week. Once the show drops, usually on, mm. it happens on Saturday, you will get a gentle email that will allow you to watch the show and give you an opportunity to subscribe. I think it's good. Listen to the show. Listen to the show. We haven't done the yeah. video yet. We're talking about it. But well, we I'm just ca- following what you said. You did, did you? You said watch God. also. I did, didn't I? It's a a contest. It's a contest. It's not a competition, but it is a contest to see who who the older fart is. Okay, well, whatever. Hey, so that's okay. Hey, are you wearing anything? I am. I am wearing two articles of clothing only. And uh, yeah, I'm wearing the Clark Street Ale House Part D. Part D. Oh, yeah, the one with the lyrics on the back. Kind of like a prelude, you know, to something that might happen this summer. But it's the red one, John. I got the red one. I have a gray one, but I like this red one. Okay. I I kind of got a different color. Well, I got a different color. I got this light blue. I dug deep into into my Mm. T-shirt, Brochot T-shirt vault and uh, uh, drawer, and and I came up with this one. It's, It's the Thanksgiving Day one. The one that tells a story about the show in the good old days. Uh, Here, your favorite turkey squabble and gobble, dark humor, sibling rivalry, too much food. Think your fam- family is dysfunctional? Question mark. Those were the, oh, yeah. were the days. Those were. Wow. In fact, I think for that show, we had Mary Jane and her family on with us. Yep. And uh, I've actually got on, you know, it's got the, the typical insignia, both of us on there with your arms up and me with a hoodie and on the, the insignia on the hoodie is CHN. Now that is old. 
haven't been working old. for them for a year. So that tells a story. Yeah. That tells a story. Hey, we better get moving here. We got a we got a sponsor. Oh. Go ahead. What's the sponsor? We do have a sponsor. Our sponsor is the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And this is a very, very important 501c3 organization, which uh, what they do is they are responsible for their mission is to protect animals in a variety of ways, including uh, their legislate. They have a group of lawyers which will then uh, try cases. They also encourage other lawyers, assist them. They are responsible for, uh, you know, the legal legislation as it relates to animals and um they also have incredible swag oh do they ever and i'm the recipient of one of those pieces of swag i like their stuff john i do yeah it's pretty good and you know they have it the same place we have ours on bonfire so we have links at the bottom of the show notes where you can get t-shirts and swag from us or from Animal Legal Defense Fund. And, you know, there's no difference, John. There's no difference. If you buy one of our T-shirts, the money all goes to them. And if you buy one of theirs, it goes to them. So same, same. But ours, Very good. ours, we have a coffee cup and a T-shirt with wow. four nice, well-dressed rabbits playing poker. Poker, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, They're only slightly inebriated. <laughs> I got a little bit too into it when I did that T-shirt. I was imagining all sorts of scenarios, what they were talking about, what they were drinking, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's all there. It's no yeah, about that's it. me living vicariously through our T-shirts once again. Hey, okay, hey. sir, uh, we got a rabbit story. Do we have a story? I mean, last week we did Rabbit 101, giving you the broad brush as to what our new season of the animal rabbit would be all about. Today, we're going to take a look at a a physical characteristic. Quite often, as we take a look at rabbits, we we immediately are uh, attracted to their uh, lovable, adorable ears. We think of them as being cute, cuddly because of these these ears. But actually, they serve a purpose that's far beyond just being very likable. These ears Mm -hmm. uh, actually are very important to their mere existence, their survival out in the wild Mm -hmm. as they have to... Mm -hmm you know, live with predators. So uh, yeah. we have big ears, but what those ears mean scientifically a lot more as we take a look at those mm. animals. And maybe you can give us oh a few my God. deets. Some of the deets. Uh, there's, there's two big things that ears do for rabbits. One of them is hearing, which is pretty obvious. Mm. But the yeah. bigger, the longer the ear, and the more it can twitch around in different directions, the better they can spot a predator coming. Now they have a couple advantages. One is they can rotate those ears, not like a helicopter, but, you know, more like right. a, a weather vane moving around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can do it independently, which is kind of cool. And they can listen to two things at once, <laughs> unlike you and I. We can, we can only think one thing at a time, and we can only hear one thing at a time, and we can only speak one thing at a time. So we're not we're so they, like what are they They're sort of thinking in stereo or what here? Like by high fidelity? There, yeah, yeah, you're right. They are. You are exactly correct, sir. They're stereo okay. thinkers and listeners. So they have a lot on us. And there's no, it's no, it's no accident. A lot of rabbits go to rock concerts. You'll see them in the outfield if you look carefully. They don't they get that close to out of it. Yeah, they, because they, they, they can't. To. They don't need to. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to hurt. They don't want their ears bleeding. 
like ours. Well, actually, <laughs> do we have do we have an inner middle and outer ear like a rabbit, or do yeah, they we have do. extra? We do. Okay. No. No, we do. They have extra cartilage that allows their their ears to become erect. I use mm. that word carefully because it's important. Yeah, I know. Here's floppy erect the whatever. ears do too. Yeah, I don't know anything else that would be like that. Anyway, so uh, the other thing that ears are really good for when it comes to rabbits is thermoregulation. And I was impressed mm. by this. Number one, yeah. uh, they can't sweat. They don't have sweat glands. So what they do instead, and many animals don't. So what they do instead is they uh, they get a lot of blood to go through their ears, and their ears act like the fins on a on a uh, uh, an air conditioner. You know, they they get they throw off the heat that's in their body. When the wind comes by, the wind takes away you know the heat that's that's being focused and concentrated in their portal big old ears. And and that's how they stay cool, calm, and collected. Now, there's another the opposite of that too. In the winter, they shut that. I won't say a bad word. They shut that stuff down. Mm. And so what happens then is there's hardly just enough blood in the ears to keep them alive, but not too much. You cannot even see the capillaries in their ears. Normally, you can in warm weather. It's quite they're quite prominent. But no, you can't. So that's really cool. But John, there's one other thing that I think is important. I'm ready. They use these ears to express themselves. Yeah, that's the personality plus that we get from it, mm -hmm. from the ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's yeah. really good. Yeah, I, I was very, very, uh, you know, first thing I think about is the fact that this will later learn on in terms of the, the habitat where these animals can survive. By having this ability to regulate temperature, it gives them a, a much more area or parts of the world in which they can they can then live and will and it'll be you know future subject but it, that the ears play a big role yeah. in that i do believe they do so they do they absolutely so. do we got a lot we so much to talk about with rabbits i have to i have to really really yeah. throttle my what's left of my brain so that we don't talk too much about stuff we want to talk about in the future so that's it for rabbits uh sounds real good i think we can move on to the word the word is glass ceiling, Ooh, and this is a yeah. word you hear a lot. It's a, word, a phrase you hear a lot, but I think of it as a word. And uh, what is it, John? What's a glass well, ceiling? Well, the thing is that glass ceiling is the upper limit to professional advancement that especially is imposed upon women, but it could be other minor it could be minorities, non-dominant groups. And it, it's something that's been around. We, we, we read about it, and, and when we got to our two takes, sure enough, the article mm -hmm. that we cite mm -hmm. is the third paragraph. It uses the word glass ceiling. The Let's example. Well, there's a the woman is uh, uh, it, that we're going to be talking about. Her name is Jen Powell. And it, it, so here's the, the sentence. It would be easy for Jen Powell to make history as the first female umpire in the MLB. However, her beak, it won't be easy. Excuse me. Um, however, uh, her peers certainly her peers. believe she is capable of breaking through baseball's glass ceiling. And if she does, it will be on merit. So uh, mm -hmm. this is the use of the word glass ceiling. We think of it often in terms of business, but clearly it has its way in into baseball too. And one of these uh, these areas in which women have, have will, will learn about is is uh, becoming a, a female umpire, which is, uh, which is a story in itself. 
One thing about glass ceilings, one thing, yeah, it's good. One thing about glass ceilings is they're not readily perceived or talked about or openly acknowledged, but they're there. Yeah. So true. Why do they call them glass? Why do you think they call them glass? Because you can see where you're, where you could be, but you can't get there. Is that it? I, I think it's the transparency. You've already mentioned the fact you don't really, you see through it. You see around, you yeah. know, you don't, you, you don't, yeah. it isn't blatant. It's, it's more subtle. Uh, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you're, you're approaching it in, uh, oops, I just bumped into it kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. You think you're cruising along headed for the C-suite or something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Then I okay. guess we're ready for two takes. I think we, we can do the two takes. I mean, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about a woman who's come into the forefront as it relates to advanced women advancing in baseball. And her name is Jen Powell. And I mean, what we find in Major League Baseball is that we have currently, and we've made a lot of strides in various areas, whether when it comes to coaches, there is a MLB female coach uh, in 2020, mm. San Francisco Giants. When it comes wow. to general managers, Florida Marlins yeah. hired one in 1920, Kim Ng. When it comes mm-hmm. to broadcasting, 2020, is an, it's a watershed year. Uh, we have Melanie Newman, who became the a first uh, full-time play-by-play announcer for the Baltimore Orioles. That segued into 2021, where we had an all-female broadcast team do an ESPN game. However, an area which has been around for a long time and women have been in in organized baseball, uh, Major League umpiring is an area which is still unbroken. It's an area that several women have approached but not gotten there yet. And this is not an easy... No, I was just going to say, John, I didn't realize how difficult it was to become an umpire, any kind of umpire, you know, how because many, the number of umpires are. How many umps are there? Four, right? Seven, 76 big no, no, league I mean, umpire jobs. Okay, okay. 76. How many per game do they use? Four? Is it four? Four. So that means there are 19 okay. crews out there to do 15 games. I mean, they got a great union. I mean, we, we yeah. know, you think the baseball players are playing six to seven days a week. Umpires are on the average working on the field four to five days a week because they've got enough crews to more than handle the games. And uh, so, yeah, so that's that, that's the deal. Uh, and they they work to how, how old are they? they? Their retirement age is 65. So that wow. means that they don't turn over that often. Um, and this is an area which baseball, you know, we look at NBA, they've got female reps. We look at NFL, they've got female reps. But when it comes yeah. to baseball, not there. So what mm. we have is we have this woman who looks like a really, really good candidate. Just br- briefly, a little on her bio, uh, born and raised in Long Island, uh, father, uh, single parent, uh, because her mother died at the age when she was 13. Or, and she took the normal urge to play baseball. But. What was the only thing available to her? Softball. So she did the softball route, uh, went to Hofstra uh, University, uh, art major that uh, uh, as a side gig just got into umpiring. And that all of a sudden overwhelmed her in terms of the urge, the need, the want to move in that direction rather than than art. And she started uh, doing a lot of amateur umpiring. Became very good at it. Yeah. John, I got a question for you. Uh, Did... Did she teach art? Uh, she I think she actually, did, didn't she? She did teach art, and uh, that the teaching thing is a, a part of her her umpire background yeah, her too, makeup. which is yeah, very yeah. important. 
But uh, she found some great opportunities as she developed as an umpire. She went to umpire school. And from that, she also was then advised to go to an MLB one-day camp for it. And she caught the eye of, of, a, uh, of a, a major league comp who basically helped her. And before she knew it, she was, uh, you know, going to the uh, Major League Baseball's Umpire Academy, made her debut uh, in, in, in single-A ball at the lowest rank. And they got to go through a certain double, you know, single-A, double-A, triple-A in order to move along. So there's what she's done. And she's right now sitting at the triple-A level for the first year. And she'll have to be there a couple of years. But this, mm. is a, this is an area which has been tried before and unsuccessfully. And I think the changing culture is going to make a big difference because she's done a couple of things that have been very, very helpful. If she, she's, she's basically collaborated with a variety of groups. Number one, the pioneers who have tried it before, she's been in contact with, she's got a good network, she's got some mentors, she talks to them, and, and, and that's very important. And, and the, we're talking, you know, umpires said back, uh, uh, Pam Postema, who has like been, tried it, she's 13 years in the majors before she hit the glass ceiling as a triple a AAA ump so mm. one of these umpires i actually saw umpire and do you know the best compliment you can give an umpire is when you don't even notice them and this woman yep. was behind home plate one time uh midwest league and I, I i watched the game everything went fine and then somebody told me after the fact said by the way you know that umpire that was behind home plate that was a female umpire the best compliment i could say is i didn't even notice her Yep, that's the best thing you could say. Yeah, she's dedicated to her professional. I think that's I'll a say. big, big part of it. I mean, we t we yeah. take a look at it. You know, umpires. You know, and the collaborative piece here is important because you can't learn how to umpire in a vacuum. You need to work with your team, with your crew, and she's learned that, and she's fit in very well with any crew along the way that she's done. That means going through what's happened that day, the ins and outs, what went right, what went wrong. There's a lot of subtlety as to how umpires work, and it's all teamwork. Because once you get out of position, you need to have another position. You know, you don't, you do that because that's what your job calls for. You have to have another mm -hmm. umpire, you know, looking in that area. So it, it, it's amazing listening to an umpire talk about a play-by-play, -play, <laughs> how the umpire works. So she's passionate also not only about being on the field, but she's also passionate about teaching umpires. She's written a, a workbook. And mm -hmm. so this has been very important to her. The culture has changed a lot. And uh, that's that's been very important. And I mean, the umpires are, uh, they've got a great union. And I think she's learned, the, the, the most important part to me is not only to have your fellow umpires respect you, but also to have the players. And this was a big problem 30 years ago where they thought it was a joke to have a, a female umpire on the field. She's gained plenty of support from the players. And I, I'll leave with a quote, you know, from a, a, a major league uh, pitching star by the name of, name of Adam Wainwright, who said to her during a spring training game, Jen, I have four daughters and I think what you're doing is awesome. And then she had the best response. She says, still got to check your hands. Just, just so you know. <laughs> You can't sweet so, talk me, in other words. Yeah, I said a lot, and I'm sure you could you contribute a, a little bit here, too. Sorry for kind of sailing through that, but I just hey, needed I, to get it I, out. You needed to get it out, and I got two questions for you. Number one, 
Uh, I want to talk about the cruise, not just Jen, but also the cruise. Do they do they travel around to different cities, or do they stay in the yeah. city and they? No. What happens? They, they yeah. What they do is they they first thing you have to understand that they can, uh, for example, when it comes to Major League Baseball, travel can, is travel could be worse than uh, than Major League players because. You know, but they, they here's the way they work it out. Take a city like Chicago. Well, they don't have to move because they can basically go from Chicago White Sox to the Cubs. So uh, there is that helps them kind of not have to do quite as much movement. But they do not. They're not stationary. They're they're right. in a grind when it comes to work. And that's the reason I think that their strong union has also allowed them to. There's 19 crews. There's 15 crews needed at any given point in time. So that means there's four crews that are basically taking the weekend off, but it's not necessarily the weekend. It's just a maybe three or four day span. So, yeah, yeah that's the quick answer to that one. That's so quick. And they, and they have backup crews, the AAA backup crews, so, I understand. I think that's a good point, because the fact is, as we take a look at how Jen is going to progress, is that uh, umpires not only have the work week uh, that's that's shortened beyond below seven, they've also got vacation during the year, the baseball year. So umpires take vacations on an individual basis. They don't just take a whole crew. The individuals do this. They need to have extra umpires. Those umpires are, they at the beginning of the year, they pick a, a 15 alternate AAA minor league umpires. They do that. The, the MLB picks that at the beginning of the year. Jen was not on that list, and you wouldn't expect her to be. She's a first-year it's going to take probably it could take a, a three years uh, span before, you know, three years in the triple A. She's in her first year. But next thing she needs to do is to get on that alternate umpire list, because those umpires are used extensively during the year, not only for vacation, sickness, injury. There's a lot of chances for them. Mm-hmm. Being brought. In fact, there have been umpires at the AAA level that have umpired over 500 games before they become Ooh. an official umpire on one of those 19 crews. So the well, next my fingers step I think crossed. we need to see. So our fingers, yeah. the next step, the next thing to look for is the announcement of the alternate umps next year. But I think that uh, Jen is on her well on her way to success when it comes to becoming a major league umpire. So. Wow, that's it. I think so too. Hey, now we need some groaners. You got two groaners? Yeah, I got t- two groaners. And the fact is that I um, I just heard some of them on the air. I mean, Vince Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. typically gives us our groaners, but we we've been kind of speeding up, and he didn't have a chance to give us. So I had to go to the groaner vault and other other mm. sources. Here's my first one. Why is a math book always so sad? Why is a math book always so sad? It's always solving problems. It exactly. It has a lot of problems. You get a hundred percent on that one. Okay, we got to wow. go for a rabbit now. We got to go to a thing of you. Maybe you're going to get two. So hang in there. Might be on a roll here. This is a rabbit one. What is a rabbit's favorite type of music? What is a rabbit's favorite type of hip hop? Oh, you're a winner. You got two. Oh, I got him. I got him.